You're listening to Nothing Funny About Money. I'm Matt Gorin. And I'm Michael Thomas. We're in the financial planning program at the University of Georgia. Let's get into it. All right. So today we're going to be talking about fees. Yeah. Fees. Yes. Hidden fees. All right. What's the big deal with the fees? It's just a few dollars here and there. You know, let's do a little bit of a of a uh, thought experiment as it relates to the impact of fees. Okay. We're going to compare banking fees to payday loans. There's no way banking fees are worse than payday loans. Huh? Like uh, payday loans, you're talking interest rates over 500% a year. There's no way banking fees are worse than that. Yeah, I mean, and the reality is like a lot of our, our listeners would, would agree with that. So, okay, let's 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 use this as, a, as an example. Let's say that we have a 500% benchmark, all right? Let's say a low-income customer goes to a bank with $100 and opens a checking account. Okay, so I already see where you're going. So that's that might not be enough to have the minimum account balance requirement. Right, time for a fee, right? Fee, I mean, really. <laughs> I mean, come on now. $25 fee for having insufficient funds is about a 25% cut uh, of his account balance in that first month. Even if he adds a new $100 every month, all those $25 fees add up to a 220% what? annual interest rate. <laughs> that's much worse than the credit card. I mean, I mean, this is, I mean, this is the reality. And, and if you think about it, there are a lot of people who are just really living from fee to fee. That's assuming that he adds $100 every month. So let's say he only adds 100 to out of every three months. The new annual interest rate is 500%. Wow. That's our payday loan. And he still hasn't taken any money out yet. Oh, no. <laughs> and now let's say that he tries to take out $400 over the course of the year. Okay, how much did he put in? He put in $800 and he's trying to take out $400, $100 every three months, roughly. Okay, so he just wants his money out, not even the whole balance, just a little bit of his money out uh, over the course of the year. Yes, yes. Okay. And his ending balance is, drum roll please, negative $200. $15. What? Yes. He paid $615 in fees to just get his $400 back. Fees. Fees. <laughs> Hidden fees. <laughs> so even in the absence of a conspiracy, right, to increase customer fees, some customers actually pay a lot in fees. But what if? What if a bank actually engaged in a conspiracy to increase their customer fees? Gosh. Well, that's just what happened over the last five years at Wells Fargo. Today, we're going to dig into some of the details about the whole Wells Fargo fiasco. And to give you a brief overview, Wells Fargo was notorious for cross-selling. And in short, there was a lot of pressure placed on the frontline employees to ensure that customers had as many accounts as possible. So, for example, one of those would be they opened up a checking account in customers' names and transferred funds that those individuals were just not aware of. They also opened up credit cards, and not just any type of credit cards, they were actually opening up credit cards with annual fees, hence the theme. <laughs> they even created debit cards in customers' names, and beyond that, here's the kicker, they created phony emails to enroll customers into online banking services. Wow, and this has this nothing crazy. to do with whether the customers needed the accounts. Not at all. but. The idea of it, right, is to, to drive up stock prices and putting $200 million into the CEO's bank account, obviously. And this All is right. the thing. Honestly, I mean, when we think about it, right, Wells Fargo was a darling on Wall Street 
for their continued growth. And a lot of it right. was due to the fact that they were they were driving these fees. Senator Elizabeth Warren is in charge of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, and she has been digging into this fiasco a little bit. She interrogated the Wells Fargo CEO, John Stumpf, yep. uh, a few yeah, weeks ago, and she uh, she tore into him. Yeah, I was going to say integrating is a little, it didn't really express what she actually did. Yeah, he didn't talk much, no, as it turns out. But, uh, but she does it well. <laughs> okay, so uh, the root of the problem really, as you said, it's trying to get these lower level employees to go and, and create more accounts than were necessary. And how many accounts are we talking about here? Other big banks average fewer than three accounts per customer, but you set the target at eight accounts. So, eight accounts. Eight accounts. When most banks, it's less than three. Yes. All right. They must have had some rationale, right? Some accountants did the math. This is the proper number of accounts. They ran the numbers. They must Obviously. have. They ran the numbers because they, they just knew that they were providing maximum value. Yeah. To well, their... uh, wait, wait a minute. Let's well, see. That's what, what I would what, think, right? Yeah. What was in that memo? It is because, quote, eight rhymes with great. I'm thinking about Sesame Street right now. Because, you know, that's what they do with kids, right? They come up with these these things. So maybe they right. they felt as if, like, working with frontline employees at the 8 Makes It Great was simple enough to drive company <laughs> culture, right? It's Sesame Street oh, in the banking God. industry. There you so, go. Yeah. No, no way that that could backfire at all. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> so that's what, that's the kind of stuff we're talking about here. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is. It's terrifying. It was not in the customer's best interest. It was to drive profits in, in a, a very arbitrary way. Uh, they could have had it even higher. I'm they fine with nine. I'm fine. <laughs> ten is divine. <laughs> that didn't, Michael. No, on. that was better. No, ten, ten and divine don't rhyme is, though. It doesn't, but it sounded good. <laughs> I'll stop. Oh my god. Yeah, if we were to extend this other places, other industries, this could really backfire. Like, what if in the oil industry, they adopted the slogan, "Let's put the oil in the soil." I could definitely see that. Like, no consequence, whatever. No, I, I, I get it. I get it. How about uh, some industrial company might say, "No pain, acid rain." Yeah, yeah. And actually, anyway, I'm from and I'm, I'm from the Midwest, right. so you know we have the steel industry and all that good stuff. So I, I definitely get that. Yeah. So you're down for corn porn? No, I'm not. <laughs> all right. Awkward silence. <laughs> all right. So how does Wells Fargo benefit from all this? Fees. Fees. Piece. And that's, right. that's what it gets down to. Yeah. So banks make their money from loaning out their customers' money and then collecting interest on those loans. That's one way. Mm -hmm. But increasingly, they make their money from charging their customers' fees. And some of these low-income customers getting all these accounts, they can't meet the minimums, mm -hmm. they can't afford the annual payments on the credit cards. These are where a lot of these fees are coming from. Absolutely. And I think one of the big things here, too, in terms of revenue generation as it relates to Wells Fargo, there was a lot of pressure placed on employees to push accounts to sustain this type of growth, which ultimately led to employees making some unethical decisions to meet the demands of the company culture. And that pressure was coming from the top. And in this interrogation that Senator Warren was giving, she mentions one high-level employee in particular who it seemed like the buck stopped with her. And uh, she asked the CEO, well, what did you think to do with this woman before she suddenly retired out of nowhere? You found out that one of your divisions had created two million fake accounts, had fired thousands of employees for improper behavior, and had cheated thousands of your own customers, and you didn't even once 
consider firing her ahead of her retirement? So, nope, he did not. And uh, that exchange <laughs> went on for quite a while, actually. Oh, what else could they have done? So, uh, as we mentioned, the CEO, he made over $200 million in yeah. compensation over the, right, uh, while this was going on. Did he think to give any of that money back? <laughs> have you returned one nickel of the millions of dollars that you were paid while this scam was going on? Well, first of all, this was by 1% of our people. I, and That's and, not my question. And, my question this is about responsibility. Have you returned one nickel of the millions of dollars that you were paid while this scam was going on? The, the board will take care have of that. Have you returned one nickel of the money you earned while this scam was going on. And and the board will do I will it. take that as a no then. John, just answer the question, man. <laughs> yes. Just answer the question. Yeah. So uh, the answer is no. He, he did not give any of his money back. In fact, uh, as far as we are aware, none of the higher-ups in Wells Fargo have given any of this money back, which uh, comes out to hundreds of millions, if not uh, billions of dollars. That's very true. So this is money that's taking in the form of fees from, uh, again, some lower-income people generally, given to that 1% of 1%. And uh, Senator Warren, she kept pushing him a little bit. So what else could he have done? Have you resigned as CEO or chairman of Wells Fargo? The board, I serve have at the... Have you resigned? No, I've not. So she summarizes this in this poetic way. Very. Okay. So you haven't resigned. You haven't returned a single nickel of your personal earnings. You haven't fired a single senior executive. Instead, evidently, your definition of accountable is to push the blame to your low-level employees who don't have the money for a fancy PR firm to defend themselves. It's gutless leadership. Ouch. You were grimacing while she was Ouch. saying it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, clearly he thought eight rhymes with great was exceptional leadership. <laughs> But obviously, yeah, so this uh, you can find this on our uh, website. Uh, we're going to put this up for you if you want to hear the entire thing. About 18 and a half minutes long. And uh, this is pretty much the tone of it. She really digs into him for, at the time, really pushing these fees, going to meetings of the board of directors and with some investors and saying how great this is going to be for the company. And then when things really hit the fan, he disappears to some extent. And eventually, as we now know, he does resign. He does get out of here. Mm -hmm. uh, but during the, the time this, this controversy was unfolding, he didn't seem to do a whole lot. And uh, Elizabeth Warren even got on his case for that. <laughs> if you have no opinions on the most massive fraud that has hit this bank since the beginning of time, how can it be that you actually get to continue to collect a paycheck for being chairman of the board? Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> Like if you, could well, just you can't see, my, see this, Michael's you, you grimacing just, right now. You need to see the, my facial You're expression. You're so empathetic. Oh my That's such goodness. a good character trait. No, but I mean, you the, can the, feel his, I, his I could, awkwardness and pain. I, it, well, I'm not really concerned about his awkwardness <laughs> and pain. <laughs> but it's just the fact that Senator Elizabeth Warren is so direct. And the reality is, is that a lot of people don't realize that there are these people out there who are advocating for them when these things happen. So when you get a chance, definitely go to the website. All 18 minutes of it is, is worth watching. And if you just need to be inspired and feel like there is someone out here who's speaking on behalf of the people, especially in this respect, that there are a lot of people who are out there doing it. And Elizabeth Warren definitely uh, is one of those. 
Yeah, if you're looking at the big picture, uh, trying to take on some of the, the Wall Street types, Elizabeth Warren's made that her life. <laughs> and if we're talking about some of the more day-to-day sort of stuff, that's mm-hmm. where people like Michael and I can come in. We try to do our best to help you all out. Because uh, some of the stuff, you know, day-to-day, it's going to keep being confusing. Yeah. The fees and all that, they're not going to go away suddenly. Definitely not overnight. So one of the things that we, we thought to do here is pull up an actual document Absolutely. with all these fees are Absolutely. listed let's, out. Let's, let's, let's make it practical, right? Yeah. You know, so many times people have these conversations and they just throw stuff out there and just assume that people just yeah. go and do it and Us, live most life of all. happily ever after. Right. right. It's never that yeah. easy. But no. Anyway. So, yeah, it's not as if you, you open up your bank account and they say, okay, well, this is the this is the one fee you got to worry about or these are the handful of things you have to think about. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say my bank. Can I say? No, we're not. We're okay, not gonna, we're not going to say. The, so this is the name of a bank. A, yes. That many people Not have. A as in like the bank is A, but yeah. like bank. It's not necessarily the bank of A. Exactly. For example, I, it is not necessarily the bank of yeah, A. Yeah, because there might be a bank of A out there. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> I just don't want, you know. <clears throat> uh, commonly abbreviated B of A. <laughs> Anyway, so uh, I just started working with these guys, and I got my fee schedule. How many pages long do you think my fee schedule is? Ideally, I would love for it to be just one page. Very yeah. easy to look at. Big, bold letters. Right. Just kind of gets to the meat of it. Yeah. No, right. Would you like that one page to say no fees and big, bold? That would be awesome, okay. honestly. Well, that's just like no fees at all. Nope. Not, nope. Okay. Wrong. Okay. All right. How, it's longer than one. It's longer than one. All right. Yeah. So five pages. Oh, you're, you're getting warmer. I'm getting warmer. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Like warmer, or are we doing this You're on a scale? Cold. From, I'm still cold. Uh, exactly. I needed some <laughs> clarification there, right? All right. All right. One so, more guess, and then I'm going to All right. Tell so you. we're going to go with, let's go with eight, since eight? the whole theme uh, is eight. Rooms. You're one third of the way there. It's 24 pages <sighs> long. That's right. 24 pages of fee documentation. All right. Now, I don't know what your schedule is like. You know, I know you got a family. You got that full time job. Yeah, you have time to read twenty four pages of fee. No, because if you think if you think about it, and what's what's the the fine print on that? Uh, at this length, it's all fine print. I think it's all <laughs> eight point. It's font. all fine print. Twenty four pages. Glass for this. All right, magnifying glass, and you know when you're just kind of looking over this right now, does it just kind of jump into like a whole bunch of jargon about language before? Like, oh, is that yeah. like maybe ten pages before you actually get into the meat of anything? Oh, it's it, well. Fortunately, no. There's so okay. many fees that they jump into them immediately. Oh, they do. Wow. Uh, so just be upfront. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got uh, a monthly maintenance fee for the checking account. That comes down to $12. Okay. But to avoid the monthly maintenance fee, you can meet one of the following during each statement cycle. Okay. You can have a qualifying direct deposit of $250 or more. Okay. You can maintain a minimum balance of $1,500. Or you can enroll in the Preferreds Reward Program and qualify for one of these honors tiers that they then go into oh, details about. Fancy, or fancy. if you're a student... And then that goes on for a while because there's all these exceptions to who actually is a student. So that's the $12 fee. But what if you accidentally got into the interest checking account where they pay you a small interest charge? Well, then that might make your fee jump up to $25 a month. Oh, wow. And uh, in order to avoid that, you've got to have at least $10,000 in the account. Ooh. So it's the kind of thing we are talking about with the Wells Fargo before of, hey, <laughs> was maybe it, you want to get that check account it, that earns it, you some interest. Wasn't there a study that came out recently that suggested that 60, roughly, percent of Americans have less than 500 or less than $1,000 oh, yeah, dollars two-thirds of Americans have like less crazy. than $500. So actually, if that many Americans... <laughs> 
have less than five hundred dollars that they could pull from. Ten thousand dollars is a bit much, but yeah, and that's the sort of thing. If you don't necessarily know what you're getting yourself into, that someone might suggest uh, an account that's not optimal for you. Yeah, I uh, like this very variable interest account, and suddenly you're paying twenty five dollars fees, and that's how we got into that example before of the payday loan type uh, interest rates. You're listening to Nothing Funny About Money on WUGA Athens. 91.7 and 94.5 FM. I'm Matt Gorin. And this is Michael Thomas. Visit us on campus at the Aspire Clinic. Or online at nothingfunnyaboutmoney.org. I know that a lot of banks right now, a lot of banks are offering overdraft protection. Oh, yeah. All right, so how, how does that yeah, work let's exactly? Dive, let's dive into like, that. I remember when I was in uh, in college and I had my checking account and I didn't have, this is before the days of overdraft protection. Before you just, the days? Yeah, you just <laughs> bit the bullet if Quote. you overdraft. Yeah. Back in my day. <laughs> okay, so it was $35 back then. It's still $35 today. Okay, so overdraft fees happen. If you don't have overdraft protection, you hit zero or less in your account. So I okay. used to play fast and loose with my checking account. And I didn't keep the the high minimums. And so I, I went out and bought myself, I think it was just a pack of gum. And that, oh, no, wait, no, it was a, I, I think I just went, like, for, get lunch. There we go. So I got lunch. Oh, which was a pack of gum. Well, no. The gum, <laughs> the, gum, the gum comes later. I jumped the gum a little bit. So, yeah, so I bought lunch, 10 bucks or something like that, and it hit me below zero. So then I got hit with a $35 overdraft fee. Okay. So now I'm at like negative whatever yeah. thirty, something like this, or whatever that negative forty, whatever. Okay. Then I went and bought the, the gum, uh, and it hit you again, and it hit me again. And that's what, yeah. All right. So Which now that sense. dollar gum takes me to negative forty-one, and then the negative thirty-five fee. So I'm now negative seventy-six dollars, something like that. Okay. And then uh, I had another bill from before, like my utility bill or something like that, and then that hit. So I got hit with yet another fee. So I got hit with $105 worth of overdraft fees in the span of a day. This is crazy, but the reality is is that before, let's say, like the CARD Act that was passed a few years ago, like this was the reality for a lot of people, right? People would go in and check their ATM, right? And it would would show that they had this money there that really wasn't there (laughs) because the ATM hadn't processed, which again is something else that you would see in a disclosure statement. Sure. To wake up the next morning. Exactly. And then you're here with all these things. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So now we got this overdraft protection service. And I was helping someone set up a checking account with this uh, a couple years ago. So they, they have the option now. Your debit card can either be declined. When you okay. go to the store. So I went to buy that pack of gum, let's say, and I have this option turned on. It says, no, you're not buying the gum. Your, credit, your, your debit card's declined. Okay, so yeah. that's one option. That's the option we recommend. All right. It's embarrassing, though. It is embarrassing. But that's what we recommend. Yeah, and that's so not cool. That's, that's one option. It's just to have the debit card declined. But that's not what a lot of people do. And the other thing that they try to push, and I was sitting in this room, and this guy's trying to push this, uh, this client of mine to, to get this overdraft protection and it, it, the idea here is that you've got a savings account yep. that does have the money in it, but your checking account doesn't have enough. So they're going to pull the money from your savings account. Sounds great. Avoid the overdraft fee. Be able to still buy the pack of gum. I'm looking at the fine print. Bottom of the yep. page, teeny tiny, teeny tiny text bottom of the page, $12. $12. And the $12 is for them to do what? Move your Move money. Move your money from your savings account <laughs> to your checking. So hold on, let's let's put let's 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 quantify this a little bit more. Let's say you work an hour. Like let's think about what your hourly rate is right now. Right. They're probably making ten to twelve dollars an hour. So yeah. you're saying for what could it took an individual fifteen to thirty seconds to transfer? Yeah, max. Yeah. 
They're literally paying what they would have earned in an hour for right. that to have happened. Had they known, that's crazy. They could have got on their phone. That is moved crazy. The money themselves. And it would have been fine. But no, there's a $12 fee. And now, they're again, they're not advertising that fee. It's no, of course hidden, not. Hidden text because they're actually money. wrapping into the point that you said is to save your, spare yourself the embarrassment. Right. All right. I mean, that's really it's the crux of it all, embarrassment avoidance right? fee. It's an bar- embarrassment avoidance fee. I agree with that. That's what it is, honestly. And yeah, a lot of these fees are actually pretty easy to avoid. I mean, having the $250 in your account, if you can save up that $250, Absolutely. you Baby can steps. avoid- Small some of these of fees. So what's, we have a, a list here of a few different fees, and we're going to try to see. So to us, these these kind of sound silly. Yeah. Michael's going to read some of these things off yeah. to me and see if I can correctly guess which one which one of these is not a real fee. All right. So I'm going to throw a, a softball out there. Let's say you pulled your credit card out of your pocket, you okay. looked at it, and decided against using that credit card. Will Wells Fargo have charged you a fee? I hope this isn't a true question. No. Okay, great. No. All right. Yes. All right. Well, well, and I hope everybody, yes. I hope everybody at home Woo-hoo! was able to get that one. All right. Because looking like, at your credit card, like, there's no fee. There's 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 no fee for for not using it. But but then again, let's think <laughs> let's think about this one. Let's say let's say you you go up to the teller in a bank and use the teller services. Could you be assessed a fee? Talking to a teller. Um, to a human being. Talking to, yes, talking to a human being. Oh, God. There are. There are fees for there, talking to a human being. There are fees for talking to a human being. Is this with all banks? Not necessarily with all banks. And, okay. and that's the tricky thing about it, too, because as we talk about all these different types of things, the reality is, is that from one bank to the next, these things could be very different. All right. Here's another one. Let's say you have your, your savings account. And you withdraw or you transfer maybe five or six times out of that account over the course of the month into your checking account for whatever reason. At some point, could you be assessed a fee for just taking your money out of your savings okay. account and transferring? So, I hit, so more than six times in a month, yeah. transferring money from a savings account to Which a is checking. your account, obviously. Right. Okay. I would hope not, but I have a feeling. Yeah. There's a fee. There, there could be a fee. There's another fee. There, what there, kind there of savings account are we talking about? Here? Actually, this could, this could be a regular savings account that you would set up wow. in conjunction with your, your checking account. I mean, there's no no frills, <laughs> just a a standard checking account. Yeah. So savings accounts, ideally, you leave the money there. You don't want to be yanking the money out of a yeah, savings you account. You don't that's what checking accounts are for. That's that's what checking accounts are for. Yeah. So then the idea would be until you have say a thousand. $2,000 in a checking account, it yeah. might not even be worth having a savings account. Very bad. Wow. Okay. But, what's another What's another fee? A weird uh, fee. A weird fee. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, I, got, I got a good one. Do you? Okay. Okay. So you have your, your debit card with, yep. with Bank A. Bank A. Which is not a real bank for it, those. <laughs> the Bank of A is a hypothetical <laughs> bank. <laughs> Thank you. Clarity. <laughs> we don't uh, assume. Okay. So you're a customer with Bank of A, and mm-hmm. you have your debit card, and you go to another bank. We'll just call this one WF. Okay. Again, hypothetical, hypothetical. bank <laughs> called WF, <laughs> and you put your Bank of A debit card into WF's ATM. Yes. Okay. And all you do is check your account balance. Hold on. Hold on. Let me hold on. All I'm doing, I'm not. I'm not pulling no any money out. You're not depositing. You're not pulling money out. All you're doing is checking your account balance. So in essence, I want to make sure that I don't incur an overdraft protection fee right. right now. Sure. So I would say- Putting your like, card like, in the machine. How much would- there, there's, Is there a fee for that? There's, there, there should not be a fee for that. Mm, well, there is. 
$5. Putting your debit card in the wrong company's ATM, $5 fee. Yeah. How else are these CEOs going to make all that $200 million? Oh, my goodness. And you know what the crazy thing about this is that everything that we just kind of ran through are things that everyday people are doing right now. People are, people are driving right now and probably just said, you know what, I stopped at an ATM and I might have been yeah. assessed a fee. Exactly. And if you, you read these 24-page fee documents, there are Who quite a few. Who reads those? Well, yeah. I mean, if, let's be if, honest. If, Hold on, let's be honest. <laughs> if you were. No one does. And Nobody. That's the idea. Okay, so then how? Well, let's, let's take a step back then. So some of these banks are kind of notorious for charging all these fees. We mm-hmm. talked about Wells. It's not like they're the only one. There's no, others that are notorious. No. So what can we do then? Maybe we say someone's low income, yep. don't have a lot of wealth. Mm-mm. Do we say go to a bank or are there, are there alternatives? This is one of the times where actually having relationships at a bank really matters. Like if there's someone at a bank that you can develop a rapport with, if you're going in frequently and you need to ask questions about this, that, or the other, this is, this is really, the I think, a, a piece that the banking industry may be missing out on a little bit is the value of those relationships. Right. And unfortunately, like with online banking, you're left to having to explore the internet, find sure, these there's disclosures. No human there's no human being. But then again, I might be assessed a fee if I go talk to a human well, being. Well, so sure. There could be that right, there. Right. But the reality is, is that when you can go and actually talk to someone, that goes a very, very, very long way. Sure. Very long way. So that that's that's so, actually so one so maybe one way you could do that, one type of financial institution that that might do that more. Yeah. So credit unions. I love credit unions. The the missions of credit unions are very different than that of big banking industry. Credit unions are designed really to be a greater service to the community. So typically what you'll find is that if you do go to a credit union, you're going, to really, you're going to receive a level of service that you sometimes wouldn't receive elsewhere. We like credit unions. If you don't have a lot of income, you don't have a lot of uh, cash sitting around, credit unions, in our view, are more appropriate than uh, banks for a lot of people. Absolutely. Uh, they, they certainly beat just keeping your cash Absolutely. at your house. Uh, I know a horror story I'll, I'll share pretty quick. <laughs> Uh, okay, so I was working with somebody uh, out in California. She didn't want to use a bank. Uh, she had $10,000. Okay. And she left the country for a little bit, gone vacation. She left this $10,000 at her mom's place. She ripped up the carpet in the corner a little bit, stashed the $10,000 behind a dresser mm. under the carpet, leaves. Comes back three months later. What happens to uh, the money? Well, she looks in the house Hey, uh, hey, mom! What happened to the carpet? Uh, there's hardwood floors everywhere. There's no more car. Do you do you suppose uh, that ten grand? Mom had no idea. Wow! Turned out the guys who ripped up the carpet walked away with her ten grand. That's wow. her life savings. So that's a that's a bad scenario. That's it's probably rare, but that's the sort of thing well, you miss out on some protections of. Yeah. Uh, but the thing is, it's not rare because even though it didn't happen the way that that you described it for a lot of people, there are a lot of people right now who have money in their mattress who are definitely afraid to to go and and use the the banks and right. benefit from so the protections. Again, if, if that's you, if you're you know thinking, oh, these guys are talking to me. Uh, we are. We are. We are, Daniel. <laughs> so just just really quickly, uh, what's what's another another great way? Okay, another great way. Monitor your accounts. There's lots of programs that we like. <sighs> uh, Mint, Personal Capital, Learn Vest, whatever. These are all yeah. free. Yeah. You can get online. You got a credit union. You got a bank. Log on to one of these guys. And they'll tell you when you've been hit with a fee. Absolutely. Uh, they'll tell you what your account balances are. And here's the thing we haven't talked about. If you get hit with a fee, yep. call the bank. Call. 
If you're the kind of person who has not been hit with fees usually, they'll very, very often waive that first fee. Absolutely. And you know what the, the tricky thing is? like We're going to have some listeners out there right now who don't like making the call. So if you're going to make the call and it makes you a little bit more comfortable to make the call with a good friend or someone close by, do it. Because we can easily say make the call, but some people just don't like asking for things. And if that's you, right, and that's perfectly okay because some of us have different personalities, uh, but definitely confide in a friend and just have them sit there in a room with you while you make the call. But it's important that you do make the call. Right. And if you need a friend who knows about this stuff, my name is Matt Gorin. I'm here with Michael Thomas. Yes. We're both at the Aspire Clinic. Yes. University of Georgia campus. Absolutely. Check us out. We'll be happy to help. Yeah. We'll sit there with you we'll while you make the call. <laughs> I've done it before. Friendly, so have I. We're both I've friendly, done it several times. Fun-loving people. <laughs> all right. Is that all? I think that's it. Man. Okay. I think we covered it. All right. That. There's nothing funny about money. Absolutely not. Thanks for listening. Until next time. You've been listening to Nothing Funny About Money. I'm Matt Gorin. And I'm Michael Thomas. This program is made possible by the College of Family and Consumer Sciences at the University of Georgia in cooperation with WUGA. For more information about our program, visit us online at nothingfunnyaboutmoney.org. Or need help? Get it. Visit us on campus at the Aspire Clinic. Thanks for listening.